0: The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today
1: FM. It all happens
0: here. Today FM. Ian Guider, columnist with the Business Post, is with us for our daily update. Slightly extended today because of events going on at Twitter. Do we know as yet, Ian, as to how many of the employees here in Ireland are going to lose their jobs?
1: We don't know the details of what is happening in Dublin right now. There's about 500 staff, just over 500 staff at Twitter's European headquarters in Dublin. Central Dublin on Cumberland Street are at two minutes walk from government buildings. Staff globally have been told from about 4pm Irish time about how these cuts will affect them. And just to give you one headline, Matt, staff in Asia are being very badly hit by these job cuts 90% 90% of Twitter staff in Asian markets are being cut, so we know that it's going to be a big impact. Some people saying 50% will be the minimum amount of jobs that are being cut. If you were to place any money as to where the axe might fall, you would imagine that the likes of HR, because obviously it won't be employing many more people, that might be affected. Sales might be affected, communications. Comms person for Dublin and Twitter has announced that he has been uh, left let go, and also I'd imagine their marketing teams as well. Will their content moderation staff, who do a very important role of keeping hate speech, of the platform. Will they be let go? Because as we know, Elon Musk has a plan to restore accounts that have been banned and to allow a certain amount of free speech to be on the platform. Will they be still needed? I'd imagine people in software development roles, coding and engineering roles, they are probably safe right now. Elon Musk has attempted today to justify these Cuts. He has taken to Twitter himself to say that advertising revenue, which is where the company gets the bulk of its revenue, has fallen because activists have targeted advertisers against Twitter saying that they should cancel their advertising on the platform, particularly because Elon Musk is taking over and wants to reintroduce, as he says, free speech. There was a very terse email sent out. By Twitter itself last night, the staff outlining the timeline for cuts, saying that we recognize this will impact a number of individuals who have made a valuable contribution to Twitter, but this action is unfortunately necessary to ensure the company's success moving forward. There's been an awful lot of people taking to Twitter, former staff, saying that they knew the the company they knew is dead and it's devastating and it was a magic place to work. I would put a little note of caution, Matt. I went through Twitter's accounts for the last couple of years myself today. This is a business, it's relatively small by social media company standards, about 220-odd million users around the world. It generated a profit in 2019 of 1.5 billion euro, and that was a record profit. It's made losses for the last two years. Even though its revenues hit 5 billion in 2021, it still managed to make a loss of $221 million. So while Elon Musk's way of dealing with cost-cutting may not exactly be the way you should go about it. He may have a point that costs have to come out of the company.
0: Stay there, Ian. I want to bring in Owen Reedy, the General Secretary of the Irish Congress of Trade Unions. Owen, is this a trade union sector? Do you have many members of trade unions working at Twitter?
2: Uh, well, I, I don't know precisely how many trade union members, Matt, are actually working in Twitter. If there are some members, I would imagine they're individual members of some of our unions. Um, but there's no collective agreement between a union in Ireland and Twitter. And, you know, it's... Uh, sorry, is, suppose, is that the
0: way for the sector as well, that there is an issue that an awful lot of these new social media and tech companies, I don't really acknowledge the role of trade unions in representing workers?
2: Broadly, yeah. I mean, some of our unions, the Communications Workers Union, the Financial Services Union, have been making some inroads into that sector. Uh, but it's still early days. But I think today's decision, Matt, not so much the decision, but the manner in which the, the action has been carried out has demonstrated that you know tech workers do need unions and tech workers need to have collective voices. And I think it's a, it's a wake-up call for everybody. I mean, I, I actually think the approach today, it reminds me of what uh, p and Ferries did in the UK uh, last year um, Piano Fairies literally, you know, told people with very little notice, uh, tried to undermine people and disarm them, and I think Twitter have done something very similar. And I, you know, it's appalling. Obviously, restructurings take place. Ian has talked about some of the facts and figures there. And redundancies are a part of the world of work, but but how you go about it uh, is very significant, and I think Twitter have, have been disgraceful in the way they've treated their staff today, not just in Ireland, but obviously in Asia and other parts of the world.
0: But see so as well, part of the argument there is that they've been firing people by email, but people aren't going into the office. So if you're not going into the office, you don't have an office to go to to be told. And this well, is maybe one of the downsides of working from home, that you don't have a sort of an immediate community of people you can be with to console each other when you've been treated so appallingly.
2: Well, from media reports I heard today, Matt, the, the, the office in Dublin was closed specifically today um, and that a number of people were told via email and that people haven't been able to contact their managers. And there's a real isolation initiative going on here and i think that's a you know that's that's a very heavy psychological uh, approach to try and undermine people to isolate them and to to browbeat them uh, before they get a chance to to say you know are there alternatives to this in most other unionized employments uh, and i'm talking about large multinational you know cutting edge industries that are unionized this doesn't happen what happens is there's engagement uh, there are alternatives that are looked at and redundancies are the last uh, option uh, that, that we end up with. And it seems to me uh, with Elon Musk, who's very keen on free speech, of course, but doesn't seem to be too keen on the rights of workers to organise, um, that uh, redundancy seems to be the first option, the first choice. So I think it's a real PR mistake from Twitter, and I think there will be consequences down the line. But it is a wake-up call for workers in Ireland. They need the right to organise. They need the right to have a collective voice. And, you know, Twitter have to honour the the rules uh, and the laws in Ireland, no matter how weak they may be when it comes to collective redundancies. And let's see how this plays out.
0: Owen Reedy from the Irish Congress of Trade Unions. Thank you. Ian, contrast how Twitter are handling redundancies with others in the tech sector, particularly Stripe, who yesterday announced, what is it, a 14% cut in its headcount?
1: Yes, and just just on that, Matt, I know people are pointing out that very long email sent out by Stripe outlining the reasons for their job cuts and why it was happening. Staff were given 15 minutes of notice as to whether they were going to be affected by this. So while Elon Musk is certainly, certainly not my cup of tea as to how to deal with people, I just think people need to be very careful. Like, as I said, Stripe yesterday in that announcement, very long message telling what people will get, the generous exit package, but people were still being told By email, as to whether they would or wouldn't have a job with the company, 14% of Stripe staff globally, around 1,000 roles internationally being let go. We don't know the full impact on its operations here in Dublin, where about 600 people are employed. They say that they will engage with the usual 30-day consultation period with staff. And I think, Matt, just back on Twitter, and I I wasn't going to say this earlier when I said it to you, I wasn't going to say this on here, people in Twitter are very well paid, Their skills are very much in demand. They will get generous exit packages and they will probably... There won't be anybody from Twitter, Matt, signing on the dole on Monday morning. There are open roles in the technology sector here in Ireland and abroad. So perhaps just a little bit of... It's a you know it's obviously personally but, but sorry, Ian, for every person yeah. there, but there are openings in the technology sector.
0: Aren't there still though? Because I thought everyone was cutting back on the hiring. Sure, even today, is Apple is and it's the most profitable yeah. company imaginable. Even it is now putting a freeze on hiring, isn't it? Uh,
1: it is indeed. Apple are putting a freeze on hiring across the board. Amazon putting a freeze on hiring. We know Facebook is told has said that it will keep costs. Next year at the current level. And I think a lot of people do expect Facebook and Google to announce job cuts in the next couple of months. I think, Matt, you're going to have to look at roles elsewhere because lots of other companies, particularly in the financial services sector, are looking for digital roles, looking for engineers and software developers. The technology industry has benefited over the past decade from a couple of things. The shift to digital, a lot of money has gone online, whether it's e-commerce or advertising. But also a lot of these technology companies, Matt, are loss making, have been loss making for a long time and have been able to fund their operations, fund a very big boom in employment. By the fact that interest rates have been kept to zero and lots of investors put their money into these technology companies, were prepared to suffer losses for a long time. But now that share prices have come down, now that the global economy is taking a dip, the technology sector is having to grow up and do what very many other companies have done in the past. And that is to cut jobs. The way it's being done, it's not very nice. It's undignified. It's very personally hurtful to a lot of people, Matt but also the culture of Silicon Valley has been to move fast and break things, as Mark Zuckerberg said.
0: Okay, let's move on uh, to other things. Actually, a lot of people give out about, oh, Elon Musk gets hammered and then Jeff Bezos gets let away with things because he owns the Washington Post. I've heard plenty of criticism of Jeff Bezos, and it's been uttered in this program as well, of working conditions in Amazon. But tell us about the story about his maid.
1: Yes, and this is Jeff Bezos, who has stepped down as the chief executive of Amazon a number of months ago. Well, the maid to one of his homes is suing Jeff Bezos, who has a fortune valued at still over $100 billion about working conditions, saying that she was subjected to very long working days, possibly 10 to 14-hour working days, without statutory breaks, without being given any time off, and is now suing the Amazon founder. It is embarrassing because, of course, there has been a lot of criticism of Amazon in the past about its working conditions, particularly in its warehouses, where it fulfills all of those online orders we place that staff are being made to work extra hard, that they are being tracked all across the factory. Well, now it appears that staff working personally for Jeff Bezos say this has extended to his personal life, and one person in particular is deciding that they're not going to put up with it, and are now suing Jeff Bezos.
0: Okay. What about Revolut going into mortgages? Is that going to happen, do you think?
1: Uh... Well, according to the chief executive and founder of Revolut, who has given an interview to Adrian Weckler in the Irish Independent, they say they want to become the super app for financial services in Europe, and that does include offering mortgages. They have in the last couple of years in Revolute, decides to offer personal loans. You can do it in the app, you can shut it out, and you'll get a yes or no fairly quickly. So they want to do that and replicate it for mortgages, which until now has been the preserve of financial institutions, traditional high street banks, some non-bank lenders as well. It would, to many people, make sense because mortgages are very profitable for banks, particularly when interest rates are going up. I just wonder Given particularly in Ireland whether that is feasible. Banks have to put aside a certain amount of capital towards mortgage lending. You do have to have a central bank license to do it as well. And also, Matt, anybody who's gotten a mortgage loan knows you can't particularly you can't do everything online. Yes, you can get an online application processed, it does take a lot of time, but also you need lots of documents and you have to interact with the Irish legal system as well around deeds, title and all of that doesn't take a lot of time and doesn't require you using app. It requires you to use pen and paper. So I just wonder, while Revolut would be in favour of launching lots of new products and encroaching on banks, I just think for now, or at least in the short term, it looks a little bit unlikely.
0: Thank you very much, Ian our columnist with The Business
1: Post. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today
2: FM.